0: You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. I'm going to jump in the deep end of finding your purpose in just a moment. But before we do, we want to give a shout-out and a thank you to J. Hill Marketing and Creative Services for ensuring that we get to stay on the air. Thank you so much. Acknowledging also the creation of their book editing house, Bookmark, which enables you to keep your copyright without sacrificing professional execution. So important to maintain brand congruence and reputation. So you're not just getting the better prices that are in the marketplace today, you're getting to keep your copyright without sacrificing that professional execution, doing it all for a sliver of the cost that others are charging. That's a no-brainer. My guest today is Sarah Vincent. Sarah is a person who wants you to connect with her. And when you do, it's not just a situation where you enter into casual conversation. You don't talk about the weather with Sarah, and you don't talk about sports or the latest news stories and try to find your commonalities that way. You dive right in with Sarah. And so talking about jumping into the deep end is so appropriate because we are discussing our sole purpose today. Sarah is the creator of the Soul Purpose program. The vision of Soul Purpose is to guide clients on a relentless pursuit of a life worth living. Through their Power 6 curriculum, they offer a holistic wellness program that focuses on physical fitness as a means to overall health. Her program is a direct complement to everything else she does, which is to inspire, uplift, encourage, and cheer on the people in her circle as well as she recognizes the importance of cheering on herself. You understand it's imperative to bring different people, different thoughts, and messages onto the show so you can be inspired in so many different ways. And that said, So a voice will, one of these people will reach you. I believe that Sarah is that person for you today. Please welcome a woman who has her feet grounded and her head in the universe. The amazing amazing Sarah Vincent. Yo, what's up, baby? Amen, (laughs) sister. How are you? I'm good. It's. I'm so glad you're here. Oh my goodness! I'm so thankful. Thank you for having me on today. Yes, we
1: have worked for this day, haven't we? We do. We. This has been a challenge. I am. I am challenged. Clearly, <laughs> you are not challenged. I think.
0: I think technology is challenging. Yesterday, I posted. Technology is the reason that I have. Whoa. <laughs> That was
1: loud. And I apologize for that. <laughs> Clearly, so, I didn't. See, technology it, is the bane of my existence.
0: <laughs> so seriously, yesterday I posted technology is why I have trust issues. Oh, and that, is, and that is exact. So it was perfect. It's perfect. But also, I think because you're so tightly connected to the universe, that you have technological blips and blurbs, don't you? Yes, ma'am. That is an understatement. Oh,
1: my know. forte is working with humans. <laughs> I love working with, with at-risk youth is my passion and my heart. And when it comes to technology, I, I tend to be about decades behind. So
0: <laughs> That's all good. That's all good, girl. So let's get your elevator speech. So, And by that, I mean, what brought you to this day?
1: What brought me to this day? so as you said, it is my sole purpose it's in my it is wired in my core. I have been clean and sober myself for twenty nine years and what brought okay. me to this day thank you it when i I actually went through a treatment center for bulimia and the, when I went through the treatment center I nobody there had been through anything they hadn't been through addiction they hadn't been through bulimia and I thought to myself, how in the heck can you tell me how to get my life together, Mm. 21 years old, and I was, you know, how can you tell me how to get my life together when you have not walked in my shoes? And I knew at that moment I wanted to work with youth, and I knew that that was going to be my life and my passion and my drive. And it has been pretty much on and off for the past 20 plus years. It has been my mission to work with at-risk youth and The addiction field, and it has been my process too of growing and learning, and and really finding out who I am. And you know, it's peaks and valleys, and just because you get clean and sober, doesn't mean that everything is rainbows and unicorns. Obviously, so it's um, it's definitely been a process. And what got me here today was it is my soul, and it is my purpose, and it is my passion to help the kids that I work with, and. Um, And I do help uh, not just youth, but adults. And I have uh, mother-daughter programs. I work with parents as well. But my main passion really is the 12 to 17-year-olds because I know what it's like to be a kid in addiction and going through abuse and trauma and coming out the other end. And my tagline for my nonprofit is, your past is not your potential. And a lot of the growth and the things that I do stems around that is that just because you have, you come from, addiction or abuse or trauma, or it can even be, you know, divorce. It can be, it doesn't need to be something, you know, huge and catastrophic, but it doesn't mean that your past circumstances does not, you can elevate and grow from that. And you can be whatever you want to be. So that is my goal in life is to show these kids that they can do anything that they want.
0: That's awesome. And you're, you are likely one of their trusted connections so I'm guessing that they probably don't have a lot in their life
1: that is a hundred percent true in the years that I've worked with these kids um, I there's been a couple different facilities that I've worked with here I live in Oregon in Redmond and I still am in contact with kids that I worked with almost 10 years ago you know they don't and that's part of the problem. My global vision for my nonprofit, I'll have a transitional housing for these kids for 12 to 17 year olds. And a lot of these kids uh, unfortunately should not go home from the residential Mm. center because unfortunately the parents may are not in a good place and they do have massive trust issues. And I am one of the stable people. I'm a recovery mentor and a QMHA and I'm working on my drug and alcohol counseling certification, but I've been able to be one of the stable people in their life that have has never left. And I will always be there, whether it's, I haven't talked to them in years and see them after five years, you know, they remember me and I will never leave them, so to speak. So absolutely. I'm, I, I am the one person that may have always been there and been that steady person in their life. So tell me what does QMHA stand for? Qualified mental health associate.
0: Ah, gotcha. Okay. Um, and so it's interesting because you're talking about trauma and I was doing my research on you and saw this meme that you had shared. The real gateway drug is trauma. And what do you mean by that? And I, and I, and I ask what do you mean by that? Because I want us to keep in mind too of the people who are listening to the show. They are the ones that are getting sick and oftentimes coming from trauma, or trauma is standing in the way of, you know, moving through what they want to do in their business. 100%. And it's, you know, you hear that term,
1: you know, gateway drug, and it's been it's such an overused term as far as I'm concerned. And for me, my you don't get into drugs and alcohol because it's fun to do. And most of us mm-hmm. get into it because of trauma. I was abused as a child. I was um, raped at a very young age. I was obese. I went through um, addiction I, or I went through um, obesity and bulimia. There was trauma from a very young age. And so I chose to turn to drugs and alcohol to stuff the emotions and the pain. I didn't turn to drugs and alcohol because I thought, oh, geez, this will be fun. Let's try something that'll. Can I swear or no?
0: Yeah, <laughs> go
1: that'll, ahead. Yeah, that'll fuck up my whole life, you know. So yeah, um, I you don't. M- I've never met an addict that chose to become an com- addict and lose everything in their life and put themselves in horrific situations because it was really fun. We became addicts out of sheer desperation to stuff emotions and to run away from pain and to run away from whatever was going on, whether it's in the, you know, your parents are going through horrible things, whether you're witness to domestic violence, whether you've been raped, abused, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. We hide, we stuff that with drugs and alcohol. And as a child, I actually went through encephalitis. I almost died as a child. I had equine encephalitis um, was one of the things that I I was very sick. Um, Wow.
0: Okay. So, but equine, though, that's where I'm getting thrown here.
1: So I was at a horse show. I used to show horses competitively, and the horses got infected by mosquitoes. And I was bitten, apparently, by one of the mosquitoes. And so I was somehow, I, I don't know, I was told it was equine. But I ended up um, with equine encephalitis and was in the hospital and damn near died. And oh my the, the migraines, I was 14 13 years old and was, um, yeah, had migraines for years after that, and almost had to have a metal rod put in my head after that. Um, so I, yeah, I was very sick for a very long time. So when you talk about when, when we talked about coming on here, i I, you know, I, I thought about that. I remember the doctor telling my mom, they didn't realize I was awake, but the doctor told my mom, your daughter has 50, 50 chance of living. And, oh. Yeah, it was um, it was it was really, really scary. And as a very young girl um, and at that time, I, I was 14 because I was actually doing drugs and I, I could have killed myself even further. You know, so when you talk about trauma, I, I chose to abuse myself. I chose to use food as a, an abuse to my body. I chose drugs and alcohol. Um, my mom actually put me in Weight Watchers at 12. Um, mm. because of it was all about how you look. I was not a very big girl, um, but it was about how you look. So those messages that we get as kids, you know, the trauma can be, you know, the messages were, to me were you need to look a certain way or you're not approved of, you know, and the messages that we get and this creates our self-talk and, and, and the box that we put ourselves in and that we grow up through. And so the lens that I saw myself as, well, you're only as good as you look. And so – that's what I thought. And so, you know, and when you're Weight Watchers at 12 years old and basically to be seen and not heard. And you know, i I'm not blaming my parents. It's what they knew they were from a very different generation, but that's what I thought, you know, I'm only as good as I look. And then when I was sexually, I was molested. And then when I was in the height of my drug and alcohol, um, you know, in the run, I, I was raped and, I took it on as, you know, well, I put myself here. I, I didn't even deal with my trauma until into my mid-20s because I I felt that I put myself in these situations, you know, so.
0: It's hard to, I mean, I, everything is so internalized with trauma. And it's not like, oh, okay, we've identified it. Now we can just let it out. We can just bleed it out. You you have to go through all of the steps to get to the acceptance level? How are you going to view it in a healthy manner? Um, How is it going to coexist with you? Do you think there are any gifts at all in trauma? Oh, 100%.
1: I I 100% believe life happens for you, not to you. And I would not be where I am today without the struggles that I've been through. I have absolutely zero regret on what has happened to me. It's made me the woman that I am today, and able to do, uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is God's purpose and passion for my life, the work that I do. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go through some of the things that I've been through, but I also wouldn't change it. Um, the trauma that I've been through have has made me much. Wiser has given me the knowledge. Has also has given me empathy, mm-hmm. the the ability to see life through a very different um, set of eyes. You know, yeah. um, has been yeah. able to have a wisdom maybe beyond my years when I was younger. Has enabled me to identify struggle. It's also, I believe, given me an intuition. I, I strongly encourage people to trust your intuition. Trust that sixth sense sense, you know, because I, it's I, one of the things I recognize is that it's, um, mine is, is always on point. It's very, it's very telling. And I believe a lot of that comes from what has happened to me. I, I very much, and I I believe you can identify this. My body was an enemy. It was my enemy when I became mm-hmm. obese, when I became bulimic, when I was sexually assaulted, I hated my body. I loathed. My body and I did everything I could to destroy it. Everything, and And
0: you—that's being stuck. I think completely. You were definitely you just kind of mired in that place where you're hating yourself, but you got out of it. And how did you get out of it? And what do you want to say to people who are where you are? Because you talk about empathy, and I think that's a huge, huge factor for people that that you can take this pain. And you can develop empathy for other people from this pain, or you can just take this pain and it can be this senseless suffering. Oh,
1: absolutely. You have to choose, you have to make a choice. And I lived an identity that everybody else had for me. It's one of the big pieces for me in the past couple of years, really that aha moment is that I was living somebody else's identity. I, I felt very much that I was only as good as my body. And, you know, that was my value. And I walked in this, you know, this identity of myself and, and owning when I got clean and sober, it was, I was 21 and I was miserable. I was unhealthy. I was obviously, and I couldn't function anymore. And I, again, had one of those moments. I'm like, what am I doing? I've been given too much in my life to just be pissing it all away. I was paranoid. Like it was a miserable existence. Any addicts out there? No, like I was paranoid. I was a cocaine addict. And I couldn't function anymore. Like I literally couldn't function. Um, I was barely, you know, I would I would work, but I, I you know I had no money, and when I did, I would just piss it away on drugs, and I couldn't do it anymore. So I by with the house was doing construction, and I had some. The gentleman who I worked for helped me tell my parents not that I had done drugs, that I was bulimic, and so I went into a treatment center for bulimia. And by the grace of God, I came out, and I've never touched drugs again. And that is wow. a that is a that is a God thing because that's a very rare story, um, but that's
0: a, yeah. So you went into treatment for bulimia, but you were treated for drugs and alcohol.
1: I was not treated for drugs and alcohol. Nobody. I did not tell my parents that I had done drugs or alcohol. I went in, and I remember them asking me, "Have you ever bought drugs?" I'm like, "Oh no!" But I literally <laughs> detoxed. I literally slept standing up. I believe for you know, 30 days straight. I had been doing up over an eight ball a day when I went in. Um, oh
0: my God.
1: And I, I didn't tell anybody the extent of what I was doing. And so I went in for bulimia and I came out and I never did drugs again. And when I went in there, we would started going for walks. And so when I came out, I switched to exercise addiction is basically what mm-hmm. happened. I came out mm-hmm. and I started exercising and there's research backed evidence-based that shows the power of fitness. releases endorphins. And so for me to go from, you know, cocaine use to exercise was basically a uh, natural segue, but it gave me the self-worth and the self-empowerment to recognize I can accomplish something. It made me, you know, not only being healthy, but I actually started accomplishing goals and started feeling better about myself. And, and that's, that is very much what addiction is about. And being sick in general you don't feel like you have any self-worth. There was no self-love. There was no self-empowerment. So all of a sudden I started seeing that shift and exercise was that catalyst for me, the fitness piece very much.
0: So this is a pattern interrupt too, is that, that I'm noticing that. But the other thing is that when we have people who come to us who are stuck, and they're stuck for a variety of reasons. They're stuck in trauma. They're stuck in addiction. They are stuck in depression. They're stuck in some type of mental health struggle. Uh, they're stuck in seating control and all of those things. And you see people like that as well. And what is, I don't want to say like, what is the number one thing to get people unstuck, but what? What is a list of things that get people unstuck? Because everybody is different. And that's what we really try to bring on the show is different voices, experience, and people. But you work with people. You work with a multitude of people. And they're able to move forward for a variety of different reasons. It might be the pattern interrupt. It might be um, that they go to treatment. You know, what moves people forward?
1: That's a that's a great question. And there are actually um, and it's kind of it's my curriculum is based around those pattern interrupts, as you said, that I very much find. Again, it's evidence backed, research based. And the reason why I say that is because of the facilities that I've worked in. You know, it's all on metrics and you know, we see these outcomes. And for me, it's face to face working with these kids to see what actually works. And from my own from my own work, from what mm-hmm. I, what I know actually works, and what what works is you have to change your habits. At bottom line, is you have to change your habits. So what does that look like? So for me, I couldn't go back to where I um, partied for a year. So you know what I? So for me, the basic the what it boils down to is one: it's your self talk
0: mm-hmm.
1: to change mm-hmm. how you talk and what you put out in the universe. If you go around saying, most of us in addiction have not been brought up being told that we can accomplish anything. And you're a wonderful person. A lot of us have been told really negative messages. You're a piece of shit. You're fat. You're dumb. You're stupid. You'll never amount to anything. You're like your mom. You're like your dad. So we have to change that constant. tape. You have to start saying, I'm worth it. I can do it because your life is a manifestation of your thoughts. And so if you go around saying, I can never do this, you're right. Whether you say you can or you can't, you won't. You're right. Yeah, you're so- right you have to change your self-talk, you have to change your habits, and you have to uh, surround yourself with different people. You have to absolutely change your community. Those are three extremely powerful things. And to your habits are critical. And there are some very powerful books out there, uh, but your habits are critical. And fitness, to me, fitness is, it's, Faith, family, fitness, and friends are my, kind of my four F's. Faith is my foundation. For me, God is my everything. Whatever your faith is, if it's something outside of you, it's going to be huge uh, because all of us are control freaks at the core and that doesn't usually work. That causes stress and we manifest stress in our guts and that's extremely unhealthy as you know. Family. That can be anything. That that's friends. And again, surrounding yourself with people that are doing better than you, that are growth minded, not scarcity minded. When you hang out with addicts, you're gonna be an addict. If you start hanging out with people that are doing better than you or wanting better from you, whether that's NA, whether that's um, a book club, or if you wanna go learn how to ride a bike, you know, or swim, you know, you have to change the people that you're hanging out with. Fitness, you cannot succeed in life unless you have your a healthy body healthy body and a healthy mind, whatever that looks like. You know, if you can just walk, start walking. I don't care where you're starting from. You have to start somewhere because if you do not have that component, it's very hard to succeed in life to, you know, whatever level you're looking for. If you don't have, if you're not feeding your body healthy and if you are not have some level of fitness and go ahead.
0: So, so what I'm hearing is it's, It's different pieces coming together. So it's not just like, okay, I'm going to change my self-talk and boom, I'm fixed. It's like there are many things that you have to attack in your life. There are many things that you have to change. You actually have to take action. You have to develop good habits. And at the same time, you have to change your self-talk. You have to distance yourself from those people who aren't good for you. So you have a number of choices that you need to make when you're deciding to get healthy? A hundred percent. It, yes,
1: you have to make, you just nailed it right there, Hillary. You have to make the choice. You have to ultimately make the choice that you want better for your life. And that's what it boiled down. I'll never forget. Like, I can't remember where my keys are half the time, but I can picture in my head where I was the day that I said, I can't do this anymore. I remember the day when I said when I divorced my ex-husband because it was so toxic. Like there's pivotal moments in your life, in my life, when I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Yeah. Have to make a healthy choice for my kids when I divorced my ex husband and when I got clean and sober, I cannot do this anymore. I can't live like this. You have to make that choice that you're worth it. That's what it boils down to is deciding that you're worth it. A lot of us decide, I I didn't think I was worth it. So I continue to
0: destroy myself and, and oh, go ahead you're and you're trying to find that worth too you're trying to find that worth in a healthy body but you've been trained or it's been indoctrinated in you that that a healthy body is not a good thing that your body is not a good thing so you had to make a flip you had to be the person that you needed to be when you were struggling. You had to go from needing somebody, from needing that inspiration, from needing to heal, to being the person that you needed. How in the world do you make that flip in your mindset? A lot
1: of little steps. For me, Mm -hmm. it, it all boils down to, you know, When you ask, you know, what is the one thing or what is the thing that you do? And I, you know, absolutely, it's self-talk, it's habit, it's surrounding your people. But to me, it all goes back to fitness and it goes back to your health. Because for me, when I finally took care and took charge of my body and my health, the self-talk changed. The people I hung out with changed, like everything else changed. And I started feeling good about myself. And I carried myself different. I spoke different and very much stemmed everything from there. Every arm of my life, branch of my life started looking different when I started taking care of my body in a healthy manner. And I didn't start using my body as a tool to get attention or to, you know, man- manipulate someone or to get a man or to do something. When I started using it to empower myself myself. It was that very much drastically, I took, was able to take charge of my life again.
0: That's really interesting because as I was growing up, um, I thought that I wasn't smart, and so I had to focus on the outside and and not so much on the inside. Um, I had to focus on getting dates so that I would be taken care of. Like you can look at all of these things later as you get older. As you're doing it, you're like you have no idea why you're doing it. Right. But now, but now you can look back and go, "Oh, that's what I needed." And it's interesting to turn your body into something that, as a woman. You know, you're striving negatively to have it objectified versus then now you're living in your body. You're allowing your body to take care of you because you're taking care of your body. These are huge, huge flips in mindset. And I want to underscore today that as people are listening to this and they're going, but I don't know where to start and I don't know what to do that you just need to start. You just, the second that you're aware and you're like, wow, I shouldn't do that anymore. That's hurting me. That is when you start, isn't it? Awareness is key.
1: That's also yeah. a really big thing. I, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and awareness changes that pattern interrupt. I'm really big onto the psychology and neuro neuroscience because mm-hmm. the kids that I work with. It's really important for me to understand how the brain works. Awareness is key. If you're able to at least recognize that you have these, the thing is, Hillary, is that we all get something from where we are. So if you say, my life sucks, my life is that, you get something from that constant negative. You're getting something. Obese people get something from being stuck, whether it's they get attention, whatever it is, I got something from being stuck where I was. I Whether it was negative attention, I got something from that. And it's hard to recognize, but we do and so being aware of that and being able to step back and it's a hard place to be we all have the dark and the light within us but i had to look at that and go oh my gosh this is this was self-serving and not in a positive way but being able to recognize stop recognize that be aware of that pattern that's that is a huge step and then go okay what is one shift i can do it doesn't mean that i'm going to be like okay so in 5 years i'm going to be 10% body fat and you know no. What is one shift I can do today? Well, I'm going to go for a five minute walk. Okay. Tomorrow, you know, I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to pay two bills today. It's for me, I very much have to break things down. Otherwise I get overwhelmed and then I won't do anything. So yeah. Yeah. That and- are struggling taking action one bite at a time. You know, how do you, how do you get things done? You, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time? That's honestly baby steps.
0: and. It's helpful to, it, like, if I don't know where to start, I think about some of my best days. Some of my best days aren't like the most momentous days ever. They're not like, oh, and I traveled here and I did this thing or whatever. It might be, I made time to go for a swim today. It, or um, I made homemade turkey soup, you know, or something I, love I it. did. Right? I did something for me that was smaller, but i chose me just just once and those are the moments that you never ever regret like we haven't gone hot tubbing in a super long time and i think we're going to try and do that at this hotel Tonight, and so I'm not talking myself out of it. I'm not going to be like, well, and you know, I have to get the towels, and then you're cold before you get in, and who knows how you feel, and <laughs> you know, just like all of this stuff that you tell yourself, you don't even realize you're telling yourself until you've cons- you know you've convinced yourself to sit down and watch another episode of The Office and right. shove more popcorn in your face. Like, yeah, you you actually, I think you're on it, really on it when it comes to physical fitness. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. We have people in our family that um, suffer from depression and in talking to them about what are their best days, it's doing something. Absolutely. You know, you have to interrupt it, right? Well, and you said self-care
1: is, is people and the kids that I work with, especially, and myself, yeah. really good at taking care of everybody else. And I'm sure you are too. You are extremely inspiring to me. I mean, you—you're just on top of things, and everybody. You know, and I love taking care of people. You are.
0: Thank like, you. Holy that's
1: crap! It. Well, and the kids that I work with, they, they, a lot of these young kids have to take care of their parents, and they take yeah. siblings, and they're really good at taking care of everybody else. But when they have to take care of themselves, they don't have a clue, and so that's no. the hardest parts that I—that is that we have to address. It's okay. What do you enjoy doing? They don't have a clue. And they struggle. They find it selfish and they don't know because when they slow down, then they have to look at their shit. And that's also a really hard part is having to look at your own stuff and and going, okay, you know what? Yeah, I got to do some work on myself. So being able to self-care and what does that look like? You know, it doesn't have to be something major. Self-care can be slowing down long enough to, like you said, cook yourself a meal
0: or eat Yes eat a meal. Just just even eat. Eating, yes. Yeah. Getting mm-hmm. up,
1: getting dressed. I mean, it can be like those that suffer from severe depression, getting out of bed. I mean, give yourself yes. credit where credit's due. It doesn't have to be, you know, something, whatever it is for you, wherever you're at, you have to give yourself credit for that in that moment. And, you know, that's where I know I get stuck is that I want to do, you know, goal setting is huge. You have to set these But again, I, you know, the kids that I work with, especially daily goals, get yourself a calendar. It's massive. Get yourself a calendar, write down your daily appointments or what you're doing and then check it off. So then you can see you're getting shit done. You know what? Yeah. Getting stuff done. And that's also how you build self-empowerment. And again, yeah, physical fitness. When you, the research is, is powerful. It can overcome depression, anxiety. Um, They show long-term sobriety. And it helps prevent relapse. Um, I mean, it's just powerful what exercise done, let alone the health benefits and everything else, you know. And there's so many different types. People get stuck and hung up in, oh my God, I have to go do an hour. No, you don't. You know, I mean, there's so many different types. And again, just starting, the health benefits are profound. And, you know, it, it, it's not, and I don't ever address addiction with the kids that I work with. It's like, okay, what do you enjoy doing? You know, I'm not going to tell you to quit drugs. That's stupid. Let's not. Mm-hmm. Let's not address that. Let's work on your self-worth and self-esteem and then that will come.
0: You know, that yeah. that will fall by the wayside eventually. You know? Cuz it doesn't make sense. It no. doesn't make sense for what you're doing in the new direction that you're moving. I think exactly. that's a really a really strong statement for people too, especially people who might be stuck today who are listening you know it's we're we're trying to attack the overeating but yes. can we really attack the overeating if we're not looking at the core of the issue which is i don't really like myself
1: exactly. and so i'm going to punish
0: myself and when i punish myself what am i getting i'm getting self-flagellation which obviously i feel like i deserve You know, that type of, and I'm not saying me, I'm just saying in in general people, but it's interesting because we can crave pity in the form of attention, um, you know, and we slip right in to these routines of, okay, well, this terrible thing happened, but you know what? I'm going to share it with everybody and that's going to give me a deluge of people showing me they love, especially in social media. Oh my gosh. Right?
1: <laughs> Don't get me started
0: on that. No. So you have a number of passions. I want to say talking to you has been incredibly helpful because we're really digging in deep under the surface of how to get moving. And it seems like we're at odds with our our mental fight and our physical fight to go forward we want to go forward. We want to take the action. And then our, then our voice comes up and says, ah, you shouldn't do that. You're never going to follow through anyways. Well, oh, it's only two, you know, two blocks that you walk. That's really nothing. So we need to, the way to silence that voice is just to do it is what I'm hearing. Well, there's a couple things that I think are really powerful. One in what I really tell
1: kids is, okay, you have all this negative self-talk. Put that over here. Let's say you put, you you can keep that voice over here on the left, but on the right-hand side, just start doing little things. You don't have to just kill that voice, okay? Because you're still attached to that. That's like something that you really identify with. So you know what? It's really hard just to let that go. And I understand that. So leave that little voice over here, but still take that one step. Just keep going, you know, so people don't, it's too scary sometimes. And then, you know, so just start your baby steps. But from a psychological standpoint, write down what you're doing. If you write down on a, your mirror, on a, on, um, a piece of paper and read it out loud three times a day, only write things in the positive because it literally rewires your brain. In 30 days, you can rewire your brain from the negative to the positive, even if you don't. And I'm not saying, oh, I am, you know, beautiful if you don't believe it at all. I'm saying today I'm going to walk five minutes. You can't write a positive and a negative. I won't beat up my sister today because all your brain's going to hear is a negative. So it has to be in the positive. But writing these down and reading them out loud, literally the psychology behind it is powerful. You have to start with your thoughts and what you say because the universe hears you. So where you start you just start with saying things. I'm going to do this today and write it down. And you don't have to do it all at once. Like you said, and I'm, and, and I think people, we do, we get so overwhelmed. I was obese. I became obese in high school and, you know, being told that you're obese by, you know, my mom was like, you're obese. And I just, and then you abusing my body because I was obese and, you know, the whole, the whole effect. And then, vacillating with weight over years and oh my gosh and how do you get stable when I'm finally stable and then you know I've gone from that and then I got on stage at 44 years old and did bikini competitions you know so I could so I could show that you can come from anything in life and accomplish it our bodies are extremely resilient you know it's a matter of choice in the end but to start what you don't you don't need to kill that voice because that voice has been serving you It really has. And I understand that it really has. It's kept you alive. A lot of times this is a protective mechanism for people. So that's there. But on the right hand side, take that baby step, you know,
0: just take that. What it make, make one small goal. And then I love that idea. Yeah. I love that idea. I just like the voice is still there because the pressure is on to silence the voice. But if you, but if you're not ready to do that because you haven't done the other work, then you're going to be very reluctant to silence that voice because it's giving you something. It's giving you that reward that is not the right kind of reward. Right. Yep. So let's talk about let's switch gears a little bit talk about why fit at 50 i'm excited about this are you noticing that people are becoming complacent as they're getting older or what was your motivation for starting this movement
1: no i saw a lot of fake (laughs) on (laughs) talking on social media. I know that talk Um, (laughs) in in the 50 and over. And, you know, and I, that's not to say that there's a lot of amazing, you know, in that space out there, but when I kept, when I would see, you know, 40, 50, I saw a lot of what I felt for me was something I couldn't identify with. It was women trying to look like they were, what I felt was women trying to look like they were 30 or 20 you know yeah yeah that i couldn't identify with and that they were you know um a lot of not just fitness but um clothing and a whole bunch of different um niches or you know avenues and i'm like i just don't identify with that at all it wasn't real and it wasn't authentic for me and it wasn't a real body as far as i was concerned you know or some of the other blogs with um you know, the older or fifty plus just didn't resonate with me at all. So I'm like, screw it, I'm going to do my own because I want to know more. And and the other thing that really got me, Hillary, was it's all about anti aging, and I think that's bullshit. We're yeah. anti aging. We're not anti anything. Why do I have to anti age? Well, I'm aging. Hello, like how <laughs> can stop people? So why can't I do it to the best of my ability? you know, I don't have a problem with getting older. That's not my issue. It's how can I do it in the best, healthiest possible way? And I think that's what really gets me is it's all about anti-aging, anti-aging. Do I not want a wrinkle? Hell yes, but it's a fact of life. So what do I do to help myself in the best way possible and to find the best things out there um, to aid in Slowing the process down, and and that's really where it came from. Was seeing so much of this anti aging, anti this, and I'm like, okay, that's a bunch of bullshit. We're not gonna, we're not, we're not getting any. Like, I'm not gonna all of a sudden be 49 next year. Like, I'm gonna be (laughs) 41. Like, like unless something happens, I'm pretty sure I'm aging. So, you know,
0: um, no, it makes sense though, and I. Approaching anything with anti as a label in life, just don't even walk that walk.
1: No, it just really annoys me. So
0: So pro-aging, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, well, I want to be the best that I can be at this age as long as you're not beating yourself up for what you can't help. Which is aging. Right. I mean, that that's where it's kind of like you become your own. Uh, and I had Teresa Byrne on here before and she was talking about inner bully. Yeah. And that's what you that's what you <gasps> develop into. I'm gonna beat myself up about this thing I can't control. I'm gonna beat myself up about this other thing over here. You know, and, and it's a natural process. I was kind of falling into that, and then I was like, girl, you know what? This is dumb. This is dumb. When you're a kid, you're wondering what you're going to look like as you get older. Well, now you're finding out. What do you think? It's the unveiling. You know, it's really really cool. I'm totally yelling in the hotel room. So (laughs) as we wrap this up today, and this was an amazing talk with you, Sarah. I'm so glad that we got to talk. Oh my goodness, me too. So anything you want to leave as a final impression? I feel like I'm interviewing one of my authors, because I always I always talk about that final impression on the last page. I just want to
1: encourage everybody that, you know, again, my tagline is, your past is not your potential. And I just, you know, in the process of me, when I've done this, a lot of my work over the past few years, I've written a letter to my 17 year old self, and I've written to my letter of myself about money and really digging deep into my stuff, my past, because I don't believe you can grow unless you really deal with healing. And I think a lot of trauma and a lot of sickness comes from things that we haven't healed from our past. Uh, yeah. You know, and I think that is, I think being aware of that and being able to, to deal with that. But I, I just want to encourage everybody that there is a light inside each one of us. And I believe each and every person has something to offer and you have a purpose. And I believe everybody has a passion. I don't care if you're 20 or you're 80, you have something to offer. I know when I took God out of a box that I have exploded and my trajectory is limitless. And I I know my mission is to work with these kids. Like I know why I'm here. I know what I do. I love, I love what I do so much. I can't
0: even tell you, you know, my says It's amazing to work within your purpose, isn't it? It is. It's phenomenal. And I just, I really encourage everybody to,
1: you know, those out there, I think some people are afraid to go to a doctor or afraid to find out what's wrong, but I also encourage you to, because you have so much more life, because if you find out, then you can address it and move forward. You know, I I know that it's scary, but I think it's also scarier not knowing how much more you can actually live, and and
0: that yeah, and that goes for any problem. Absolutely, a hundred percent. Not it's not not just sickness, but like no. in your business. If, if your business is sick, if your relationships are sick, you have to figure out what's wrong so you can get better. We
1: put we put blinders on. You know, I think we do. I, somebody said one time we become comfortably miserable. And I think so people go through life comfortably miserable. And I'm like, ew, that sounds awful. <laughs> ew. I, I remember just like years ago, I was, you know, waiting for, a, I've been single for a long time and I was waiting for a man to take me. To, and I'm like, screw that. And I just started really doing experiences like snowmobiling, like I'm into guns and snowmobiling and dirt biking and, and I'm doing experiences with my daughters and just living my life because we don't get a do over. And no. I, I, I think that things are, I would rather break through the fear, fear and excitement light up the exact same place in the brain. And so it's all your perspective. It's all your perception of how you look at it. So if you can change that perception, you know, to look at things from an, oh, this is actually exciting. Hey, I want to know, as opposed to, oh my God, I'm so scared because, you know, I, I lived in fear for a long time of my ex-husband and a lot of things, and I don't live like that anymore because I don't get a do-over and I choose not to. I don't say so
0: you kids you, you, like that. Yeah. And you don't have to live in fear. No,
1: I don't. I choose not to like, I literally choose. It's a choice as far as I'm concerned. It really is. It's a choice for me not to, I, I, I don't, you know, I left my job where I was at to pursue my nonprofit and to grow my nonprofit and to do this in I am just putting it out there and I'm doing it. And because I know the need is so great, like it's not going to fail. Like it just won't. Um,
0: No, no, no. In fact, I think you've come along at just the right time um, to help people out because more and more people are wanting to become aware of what they're trampling down inside them, of how they can get better, of how they can get bigger and and just embrace the bigger purposes that are supposed to be in their life. So you're, there's no way you're like, you're overdue. Like we were waiting for you. (laughs) Yes. Well, I can't wait to
1: learn like from you, from every, you know, and I, I can't fail because I, what you don't know, you don't know. And I think the beauty of it is why is the, why would I be afraid? I don't know what there is to be afraid. Like, I don't get it. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't even yeah. know what there would be to be afraid of. So why bother? <laughs> so yeah, ignorance is bliss, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, it, absolutely. I, I have if, too much to do. There's too much to do. There's too much hurt out there. I am too blessed with um, just, I have an amazing life. I've been through, what I've been through has a purpose. I have two gorgeous daughters that um, have been through hell with a lot. And I get a lot of my strength from them and for them. And I'm, I just, I have had amazing people in my life and I'm so excited to see the growth. And when I say I can't fail, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to fail, but I fail forward, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm.
0: So. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think that um, it, it's in terms of the messages that you're giving yourself when, and I don't like to say fail. I say because failing is internal. Right. Right. It's when we say we're done. Okay, I failed. I'm not moving on or whatever. Yeah, no. But actually, you know, have, making a mistake and redirecting is external. We can do that. We can keep going forever. Exactly. Even when we right when we fall on our faces over and over again, we can have that just be a never-ending parade of falling on our faces if we want. Um, but when we fail, it's saying, "I'm done. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm. I'm not going to try anymore. This endeavor is over." And um, and we have that choice to do exactly. that. And you you made the choice to flip your life, and that is ex- like as I'm talking to people on the show, I'm always thinking like, "What am I going to call this?" Because Robert will always um, on Sunday night he'll be like hey para and whatnot is what he always asked me so <laughs> but hey, have to figure out what to call the show and I think this is really flip your life Sarah and oh, I, I just like want to thank you yeah I just want to thank you for being on today and sharing so much of yourself and and helping absolutely. so many people
1: oh yeah. absolutely
0: thank you thank you so much for having me on I look forward to talking to
1: you again and always for being so strong and just sharing us with you know, sharing you. And I just, you are really inspiring lady.
0: Oh, thank you so much.
1: Absolutely.
0: Sarah Vincent is proof that we all have our parts to play in our lives that are fully intertwined. Our attention is commanded all the time and we get used to robotic responding. Sarah makes it her mission to be as mindful as she can in the moment for herself and other people. And most importantly, she teaches other people how to do that. Whether she's talking about suicide prevention, recovery, reaching out to teens, speaking in their schools, making a greater impact, or getting fit over 50. When the voice in your head starts yelling about your purpose and what you are supposed to do. When the voice in your head starts insisting that you have a soulful purpose and it is your job then to reach out to other people to help them listen, this is what Sarah has done. You should follow her Facebook page, Soulful Purpose, for more insights on how to heal your soul, live your identity, and how to keep going beyond into soul rehabilitation. Once again, before I let you go today... I want to invite you to head on over to jhillmark.com. That's jhill with two L's, mark.com. Check out the strategies on how to get your book done for the betterment of your business and your brand. That's fun tongue twister right there. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.